Awesome. So this is kind of like my birthday show in a way, because next Saturday is my birthday and the record comes out on Friday. So we're going to run this next Saturday as like the birthday show. So. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Wow. I can't wait to get this uh, box set. I got the other ones too. And oh, they are so good. So good. I've got one right here, actually. And let me just grab it. Oh, yeah. Let's check next it out. Up, uh, next up, it has to be the, uh, the Man Rays box set. Well, that's coming as well. So, um, good. It's uh, uh, at some point, but you know it's, it's been fairly busy because there's some uh, there's some uh, iTunes only Man Ray stuff that doesn't exist anymore, not even on iTunes. So. Right, because we're we're going to be you know redoing tracks and some of the tracks that come out were wrong and they were the rock, rock, unmastered and stuff. So yeah, it'll, it'll be great. Actually, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be super cool. Yeah. I remember when I lent Mitch the the CD because he couldn't find it anywhere, and he was freaking. He's like, "Look, oh, this stuff's so good! It, it's great. It really is." Oh. But yeah, yeah, it's really heavy. Yeah, but you know what? That's the thing. The like the box sets are so well done. Like you feel like you're getting your money's worth. I think so. I and and the, honestly, you know, and this is not just me saying this. It sounds like a a line, but if if I was a fan, which I am, it's got this shit on there. And and props to Joe because Joe and has gone with this guy Steve Hammonds. They they go through this stuff like mm. particular real fanboy stuff, stuff I didn't even know existed. It's like, oh yeah, there's a version of so and so we used singing the vocal, and it's like really. And and he him and Ronan got on there. They remastered it, remixed it, done mm. all this stuff. Actually, so, here let me ask you since because the the uh, the box that has uh, X in it, which uh, I happen to love, I think it's a great album. Yes. I like it. Uh, you. Uh, you know, it has a now, and, and I always loved the acoustic version of now. I thought that was great. But since we're talking fanboy stuff, when the album came out back in the day, you came and did a promo uh, day in Montreal. Yeah. And you went over to a studio and recorded uh, Two Steps Behind, and I think now, or some other song, Acoustic. That was the first time I got to meet you and Malvin and the whole crew and Joe. Um whatever happened to those songs they seem to have sort of vanished from the history of the band but they were recorded and and they were handed over to universal in montreal but do, do you know what happened to those those two two or three tracks you recorded oh, and there's some really great stuff floating around. i mean one i remember one time with me vivian and joe done an acoustic performance in the back of a van with one <laughs> mic and and it came out and like oh my god it sounds unbelievable so there's stuff floating around. I, I don't know. It, it resurfaces at some point, and, th and then you get stuff like this. And and like I say, Joe, Joe would probably know. He, he like he collects this stuff, so he he was really good getting getting these box set things together. You know, he goes into such detail. It's such a a cool thing. I I couldn't do that, you know, but he, he does. He has the uh, energy and the patience for that, which is really cool. Because then when it comes out, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And, you know, it's not someone else who's outside the, the, the group doing it and, and with, with a different kind of um, perspective or, or yeah. agenda, right? Some A&R yeah. guy just picking stuff off the shelf. Exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really good. And they're really special. And Joe goes, do you, do you remember when we did this? And it's like, well, yeah, now you say it. Mm -hmm. so it's really cool stuff. But, yeah, the, I, I agree. I think there's, there's some that thing. I, I forgot all about that until you just mentioned it. But, yeah. yeah. That was a, has, that he was a pulled a, has he pulled any stuff out of the vault where you've been like, oh no, maybe we shouldn't put that out? Or <laughs> no, no, he's he's really good about that as well. I mean, I'm I'm actually a bit more lax than he is. I go, oh man, if I make a mistake or singing the wrong words or whatever, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. He's like, oh, you sure you're okay? I'm like, yeah. 
does does okay. Def Leppard have to be perfect? Can can you put stuff out? Because as a fan, I like when there's a little feedback or because or on a live recording because you go, oh well, at least it's live. Uh, does, does it have to be perfect? No, no. This stuff comes out all the time. Everyone assumes it's perfect, and it ain't. <laughs> it's like, but it just by by association, they go, oh, you know, they spend all this time in the studio. But yeah, we have stuff like that all the time. I, I remember when, when I did the solo on um, is a is a really weird silly trivia thing um run riot the solo mm-hmm. on run riot on hysteria so we started taking weekends off after when we got back into it and i this was back when i was still drinking so i, I went to from amsterdam to paris and hung out with motley crew i jammed with them on, on stage in paris and this mm. is obviously 85 86 got really really brutally drunk obviously with them was it was great and then the next morning i go in and Matt goes okay let's do that solo because mm. we've got that solo on on, on run right and, and i just felt terrible and i i thought it was fairly fairly awful it's actually fine it's more than fine it's actually really cool i like it fun now. solo there's nothing wrong with yeah. it yeah so so it, it, it's cool but you know given i would have done that again for example but uh yeah, and I was going, now it's got a vibe and everything. And I was like, just felt hungover, you know. One time where Mutt didn't make you play something 20 times. Absolutely, yeah. Well, he still made me play it 20 times, I think. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, so that, again, a, a myth. You know, some of the stuff we just bang, bang off. A lot of the stuff on Hysteria, w- when Mutt became involved again, that it was just, it was one take stuff, like going through it. You know, even rhythm guitar stuff that I'd spent two weeks on trying to get right and then we come in oh no it's fine let's just, just bang it down it's got got an energy to it like run riot and and shotgun and stuff like that so yeah it's interesting because last time we spoke we were talking about you know all the myths of the one string in the pre-chorus of hysteria and like all these things i really i'm really curious about this though when you guys were recording like all the rhythm tracks for example like how many overdubs would you do to get like a rhythm track it depends it's like it's it's never it's until it's right, until it sounds cool. Uh, a lot of the time, we w- we usually would have a thing where you'd, uh, me and Vivian do it now, you know, I'll play a, a, a Jackson or a Telecaster, a Fender Telecaster with, with a single coil pickup, uh, mm-hmm. and add it to a, a humbucker guitar, a Les Paul or a Jackson PC1. And it just creates a thickness. But then we do different chords. It wouldn't just be like everyone playing block chords. You pay inversions. And that's, that's what me and Steve were doing a lot. Mm. And um, yeah, so until it's right, and then sometimes you go, it needs a bit more than you'd put. Add something else, a, a thicker metal guitar, or some high inversion, or a, a, a melody, or a different kind of phrase that that goes across it. You, you know, p- people have been doing this with vocals, and and people have been doing it with orchestras for years. It's not just a block. You you have to do it until it's right. And and the, the big thing about harmonies. It, the melody's got to be there. The melody's got to come through. So many bands who just have a, a block of sweet, wonderful sounding harmonies, but they lose the melody, the, the main, you know, grit and, the, and the, the hook of it. So we're very aware of that. It's got to enhance the, the, the thing that you're trying to get over. Yeah. I was reading an interview with um, Mike Shipley and he was talking about mixing the record. And I think Nigel is in the interview too. Like they took different quotes. But it's interesting now because I interviewed Corey Churko from Shania Twain's band a couple of weeks ago and he yeah. worked with he worked with Mike Shipley as his mix assistant for two or three years and he he said to me he's like you know Mike would often say things in interviews like just to throw people off 
And like there was something that he said in an interview about Hysteria where he said the the Rockman sounded so thin that you guys would have to do, say, like 20 overdubs for a rhythm track. But then you would take it and put it through a Palmer speaker simulator and like do all these like little tricks. Is, is there any truth to that? Did you run it into a Palmer or? Absolutely. But that was the next album. That was Adrenalize on, on, on Hysteria. Mm. It was actually a Rockman. And, and to be quite honest, we had such a huge kick drum snare and sub bass sonic sound mm. that you could get away with a, 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 a kind of a little a little sound and the, the main reason, well yeah the, the main reason for that was you, you could do different parts you could actually add parts <clears throat> if you was playing through a marshal and you was just overdubbing it would get lost it get sonically it would tire your ears out especially mm -hmm. when you go back in vocals and cymbals and, and have a listen to us here the cymbals are really quiet yeah it's so we can sonically and and this is i've learned this from Matt and mike shipley they they go on that go yeah get rid of them symbols just crank the vocals up mm. and and sonically they they take up a, a, a similar area so you you've only got um so much in your pie so so to speak so you've got this crazy low end bass this kick and snare that are just ridiculous so the guitars you you can have fun with them but they they have to in that case they're, yeah. they're a very small spectrum of it you know so that's what that was about mm. so how did you guys get that super low end bass was it a keyboard Everything we we add everything to 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 everything. Uh, mm. it, it's it's always a misconception. Like my my favorite band is the Police, and you know I've listened to them a million times. Like even stuff like Walking on the Moon. It's a bang bang. It's got a piano in there playing it as well. Yeah. Like, you always think, oh, it's Sting playing the bass, and no, there's other stuff there. So we'd always enhance it. <clears throat> All the stuff I do now, I I actually add kind of trap loops hip-hop dubstep loops and and snares and different even when i'm doing demos yeah i had that to just create a, a it's so much easier now it's so much more fun actually yeah well talking about the box set you know mitch and i one of our favorite songs is perfect girl and it's the greatest song that they never released officially uh, yes thank you. It, thank you it really is so the fact that it's being put out on vinyl now is super exciting but so the version that's being put out is the phil Collin demo but it's not you playing where's the where's the version of you uh it's not the version like you're not singing on it like where's the version of you singing on it it, it is me singing it i think yeah is that okay no because i saw the teaser on instagram and it was it was definitely joe like singing the vocal really uh yeah that wasn't the song it turned into something else i think didn't it I think well it, it turned into gravity on the album yeah. yeah yeah but the demo is so much better <laughs> oh yeah, <thanks. laughs> yeah yeah it's funny because uh when i when i first played the song to uh to jeremy i said oh you have to hear this song perfect girl and he goes there's no Def leopard song go perfect i go yes there is and i sent it to him and he was like oh my god it's the greatest song they've ever recorded i went yeah it oh, is <laughs> thank you thank you i loved it i i, I you know, we were going through that thing. So, oh, let's change this. Let's, well, perfect girl, maybe it's a bit poppy. I, I, that's that was the thing. Let's yeah, but it's the perfect pop song. It's super I, fun, and I hear you. I, I, I totally. But you know, we make these mistakes. So, hey, maybe we could we could redo it as a as a. As yeah. A well, listen, if you redo it and stick it on the next album, I'm all for it. And you know, for for the X album, it would have been perfect because there was a turn towards a more pop sound at yeah. that time, which. Yeah which was fine. And I think it would probably would have been a top 10 single had it been, you know, put on and, and well, on that way. Pushed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, yeah. Intro. Well, thank you. I, I, I dig it as well. I heard it recently as well. And I was like, wow, this is great. It's exciting. And yeah. Yeah, all, all the above, it's got like a pop thing about it. It's, it's, I love the, I love the drum loop you use in there. Where did you get that? 
I, I get, I get loops from everywhere. I go Apple loops. I go online. I hear things. I create loops. I, I do that a lot as well. You know, I've got this little, this is my little, actually my computer is my studio, my laptop, but I've got this little thing. Oh, okay. This, and, yeah. Kai. Yeah. I, that between that and superior drummer, which is a, a program. Yeah. It, it's awesome. And I it just create, you know, and I'm not very good at it, but I, I just, I know what I want to hear. And it's like, wow, this is great. And off, off you guys, just about getting inspired for a minute, I guess. Mm. I do want to ask you quickly about uh, Roxanne, because you, you, you mentioned before that you're a huge police fan. And when you listen to the Man Ray stuff, there is definitely an undercurrent of the police going in there. First of all, talk to me about taking on that song and, and now having it come out. But also, let, let me, let's expand on the police. What was it about them that just made them so perfect to you where you go, yeah, that's my band? Um, all right. So there's a, there's a, a thing about the, the especially the musicianship. Uh, mm -hmm. Certainly with, with Sting and, and, and the way he would sing. It was like they created the perfect hybrid. You know, it was reggae. It was uh, punk rock, kind of post-punk rock, new wave, if you like. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not being a bit loud. But um, it, it, they, they managed to combine that. And I, I think Mutt used to do that. You know, you do it with country, with the Shania Twain stuff, with us. You know, it, it'd create a, a perfect hybrid. And um, to me, the, the police were that. And the songs were great. And his voice was amazing. That um, when, when you heard people like, say, Ella Fitzgerald, she could do anything she wanted, but she would kind of, it would be subdued. And a lot of people who can play that well tend to overdo it. And, and they don't like when you listen to Motown stuff, a lot of the guys in the Motown era, the, the players were, they said, oh, we don't want to play. This is three chords. And, and you know, Barry Gordy, Smokey Robinson, all of those, you know, Holland Dozer, they're going, no, these songs are great. And they would, what, what, how can I put this? Not underperform, but you play below their pay grade. And the, right. what's so obvious with that, I, I, I love Stuart Copeland's drums. They're so over the top it's like mitch mitchell on steroids you know yeah. but then it's a different type of music it's, it's getting reggae and it's bringing it to the forefront yep. and it's like yeah. combining that with the what you want to hear the edgy stuff and, and sting's voice yeah he could sing like steve perry if he wanted it's, it's a mm. thing but he, he had this kind of soulful reggae pop perfect voice so that with the sound of the band andy summer's guitars were just amazing just the sound of it you know so the sound of this unit was was something that was so appealing to me it, i i was like whoa this is i'd never heard anything like that. i gotta say what's remarkable about the police is when you look at them you go that's three people making that sound and you go yeah how is that not 10 yeah. people <laughs> well you know like one of the best songs ever is every little thing she does is magic like right you listen to adam's you know side stick and then like goes into the oh man it's a steward i mean it's like you know, it's so much power, but so much groove and so much musicianship behind it. And there's also three people <laughs> overconfidence, which is great. Is that no one's telling them, well, you can't do that. That that, that was rule breaking stuff. It's like mm -hmm. you can't play that on that. That's that's over overdone, or you can't play bass like that and sing that high. We just don't do that. But they did, and I think I I, I did like the rule breaking aspect of of the police because it was. It was literally that thing. It was like they were they were doing all the stuff that you're not supposed to do, but doing it within the confines of a great song. That's the other thing, you know. Sting was such is a such an amazing songwriter, 
and and performer and singer and everything that it uh it, it just needed a vehicle and that was the again the perfect vehicle for that yeah let's get back to the boxer really quickly one of my favorite songs from uh, the sparkle lounge is tomorrow and that's a phil collins song talk about that song a little bit because it's it's really interesting to listen to it's it's sort of like a song that brings me back to hysteria in a way like from the guitar arrangement perspective and like it's just a very it sounds like Def Leppard to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's funny because I'll tell you what, I saw somebody comment on like the perfect girl Instagram video, for example. And Def Leppard fans are so weird because you have a certain pocket of fans that, you know, are like, oh, high and dry, you know, on through the night. But then you got people like me and Mitch who are like, oh, hysteria, pyromania. You get people saying, like, oh, that doesn't sound like Def Leppard. That's not Def Leppard. Whereas this, I'm like, this is pure Def Leppard. By the like, way, how could you say that? I'll, I will add one thing. Uh, another hit and run. You can't really top that. That is like the greatest song ever. But that's, that, you know, that's another story. Yeah. The great thing is that everyone has a different favorite. So that, that's, it's, it's like being a member of. Yeah. Uh, and my favorites change every day, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good thing. You know, it's, it's a, a BTS, you know, you've got a favorite member of the band and, and it's the same thing. That's, that's what you want, you know, and favorite songs. It's like you hear that with, with Beatles songs. I say, oh, I like this. I like this era, era of the Stones. You know, the amount of people that go, Exile on Main Street is the best Stones album. I don't think so. I think it just sounds normal. It's like a normal blues album. The yeah. genius stuff was you can't always get what you want and, you know, or just, you know, Sympathy for the Devil where they actually kind of pushed it and, and, and done this thing, got this blues uh, root, if you like, and turned it into something else. Yeah. Can I just quickly ask you though about the production? When you take Hysteria and Pyromania and all the you know that that are really well produced, you look at On Through the Night and High and Dry and go, mm, "If we just had extra, you know, how do you look back on those ones? Are you proud of them, or are you like, oof, man, we were learning? Let me tell you, no, 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 everything's good. No, it's, okay. it's almost the same when you have a fashion statement. When people go, "Oh my God, look what you were wearing." I actually don't get embarrassed when someone goes, look, you're wearing spandex and women's high heel shoes. And I'm like, yeah. right, that's where I was now. That that made me who I am today, you know? Right. So it's, it's the same musically. It's a, it's a journey. I think you, you can pretty much everything in life, you can attribute that to, to yeah. the learning curve. And you go, well, no, it was precious. It was right. precious at the, at the time. You know, I, I, I listened to the girl stuff. and that, Actually, even some of the Def Leppard stuff, I go, I wish I'd have done this. I wish we'd have finished this song. Off. Right. We would have made it a little, but it, it's okay. It's, it's all good. Yeah. I guess my question really is like, do you write for it to sound like Def Leppard? Like, do you go in with the intention of like, okay, I need to write a Def Leppard song or I'm writing a Man Ray song or, you know, I'm writing like just something for somebody else. Like, do you have to get in that mentality of like, I'm writing for Def Leppard. It has to sound like Def Leppard. No, never. It, it turns into that or it doesn't, you know? I mean, I, this week I've been doing like so many different, things i've done an r&b thing i this the last two weeks you know i played with slash um robert delao and forrest robinson on one day and two weeks later i'm playing with shaka khan on stage and and it was like wow this is incredible and and, and writing just different kind of songs all the time yeah and i guess you know doing the stuff like quadrant four and all these different things it keeps you it keeps you excited it's amazing it, it really is and i think the diversity um all the artists that, that we love have, have an element of diversity. You, you listen to, say, Prince, or you listen to Zeppelin or the Beatles or the Police. They, there's, there's a massive amount of diversity, and you find that when, when someone gets a little single-minded or, or, or narrow in, in their lane, 
it, it, there's a, a lack of inspiration. I, I get inspired all the time by reading, writing, watching different movies, what, different kind of music and everything. And it's, it's wonderful. It, more, more comes in, more goes out. And, and you have to get it out. That's, that's the great thing. Yeah. Hmm. Which brings us to the, the Yeah Tribute album, because when I got it and I saw the track listing, you, you know, it wasn't the bands you would expect. It wasn't Led Zeppelin. It wasn't the Beatles. And it was just like, oh, and you hear Waterloo Sunset and you hear No Matter What and you hear the Golden Age of Rock and Roll and you go, oh, OK, they're introducing me to something now. So that that was very interesting. Take me through that recording process because and maybe correct me, but it, it's not really a Def Leppard album because you sort of did your songs by yourself and Joe did his songs with, with whatever. And Vivi. how did that all work out where everybody sort of went their own little corners and then all of a sudden you've got a Def Leppard album? I think, you know, we made a point. I, I mean, you, you kind of have a briefing at the beginning of most albums. I, I, I think it's kind of cool doing that. We've, we've always gone, it'd be like, I think, I think the X album, if I'm not mistaken, that the, the two big things that were floating around, you just hear all the time was like garbage, the band garbage and backstreet boys. So you had this parameter. So you go, this is what's kind of happening, you know, commercially at the moment. So it'd be kind of interesting to introduce some of those parameters in, but you can't go too far because you'll start alienating. So I, I find it a really amazing process. With the, the Year album, um, we, it was all about not doing the obvious. So if you're going to do a Bowie song, you, you know, the Driving Saturday, no, I've never heard a cover of that. You know, everyone would go, well, I'm going to do Gene, Genie, Rebel, Rebel, whatever, you know, it's Ziggy Stardust. No, we done something that was a bit kind of, left of center you know it was like off it was kind of somewhere that, that people wouldn't do so the whole album was like that and we had to find songs that that fit that kind of narrative and i, I think that would uh the, the no matter what was like kind of sounds like a, it could be a death rap song it's got all the harmonies it sounds like the beatles paul, yeah. paul mccartney produced it if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. um I know he did work with with Badfinger, but so so that one. So when, once something was introduced, everyone was like, "Oh, cool! That's that's cool! I can see that." Mm -hmm. So you know, everyone kind of brought in a different thing, but everyone was recording it. And then then the B sides or, or the Yeah Part Two was something else. It was like you, mm -hmm. we had extra time, and we don't usually have extra time. You know, it's like so. So it was kind of cool just to to reel them out, you know, Viv doing American Girl and me doing Roxanne and, and uh, well, I didn't do Raw, but Search and Destroy, you know, it, it was it was really cool. It was just yeah. cool. Here's something, uh, I want to bring it back to the Euphoria album, okay? The song All Night, was that ever meant, and you just mentioned the Backstreet Boys, was that ever meant to be a Backstreet Boys song? No, we fairly missed on that. It was supposed to be kind of like a, a Prince type thing. It was... Mm -hmm. it was that that was the 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 way we were going. Sometimes you 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 miss. You do have I, as as much as I was saying. You just write the songs and they come out. Other times you go. Is the point? I'm trying to get to that, and and yeah. sometimes you sometimes you miss. But well, because yeah. there's um on the Backstreet Boys album in '95, I think it's the Backstreet's back album. Mutt produced and wrote a song in there called oh. "If You Want It to Be Good, Girl, Get Yourself a Bad Boy." And it's very similar to All Night, like even like the drum loop and the guitar sound and everything. I was always I'm like, oh, man, I wonder if that's Phil Collin on guitar on this or like if this was supposed to be because it could have been a Def Leppard song. Right, right. A lot of that. Mutt, I mean, Mutt is a member of Def Leppard. So, you know, it, it's going to sound like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Here's a random question. I heard a rumor that there is 
an entire version of Hysteria out there somewhere in a vault with just Mutt singing the lead vocal. Is that true? I don't know about that. I mean, he's there's stuff with me singing it. Mm. We all do guides, and it's like, you, you know, if, if you've got an idea for something, you go, it kind of goes like this. And it, there's stuff like that floating around with me and Mutt, Joe doing, Joe doing kind of gibberish vocals and, and stuff mm. like that. We do it all the time. It's like I actually I done one yesterday. I said I've got this. I'm working on this track, and uh, I I done a gibberish vocal, and it's kind of it's exactly that. So yeah, there's there's stuff floating around for sure. Yeah, would you guys ever that. consider releasing some of that like hysteria demo stuff? Like, is there proper proper hysteria demos? Because I always read that mutt. If it was worth recording, you just start it and then finish it. You would. There was there was always a thing. You know, we we um we was in you know, interviewing different producers later on. And, and a lot, it's really funny. They said, well, you know, let's get like 30 songs and we choose the best ones. And Matt would go, why on earth would you do that? If, if something's not good enough, don't do it. And it's as simple as that. So I like that approach. It really saves a lot of time. And I, I, there's so much waffling and, and kind of um, indulgence, self-indulgence when you, when you do that. Why, why do that? Yeah, if, if you're on a stream of conscious and you want to get it out, great. Yeah, do that then whittle it down. So before you bore the rest of the band with, with your indulgences, you whittle it down and then bring it to the guys and go, this is what I've got so far, what do you think? And and that's that's the way to do it. And that's, that's how we, we learned that from Mutt, really. Let me yeah. just uh, quickly ask you about the future. As you're writing for the next new Def Leppard album, how do you approach that? Do you sort of, are you at a point in your career where you just say, listen, we're going to put whatever songs out we want and call it Def Leppard and the fans will love it or they won't? Or do you say, no, we got to write like Adrenalize and Hysteria. We got we got to go back to how do you approach the, the writing process? Because you talked before about sometimes you want to get to here yeah. uh, for a new album. Do you want to get to here, which is Hysteria Part Two or Adrenalize? Or do you want to say, no, it's got to be new, new, new. So every album is different. Like I said, you have a briefing. Like when we did uh, Euphoria, you know, we, we would um, I think slang come after. Slang was first. Slang was 96 oh, yeah. and uh, no, Demolition Man, not the Demolition Man, Euphoria was yes. after. So <laughs> it, it was a briefing. It's like we, we done slang. It was like getting it off your chest. It was done very like live and gritty and all of that stuff. And it come out during the grunge thing. And it was mm -hmm. great to do that. And then it was a, a no one really liked it. We we thought it was I great. love slang, by the way. And Move With Me Slowly is the best song that's on there. It was the Japanese bonus track. Should have been on the regular album, but slang is fine i i agree so but because of that the the reaction to that is like well then let's do an album not like hysteria but let's take vault the, the greatest hits album and do an album <clears throat> that kind of meets that because you got stuff on there that i want you got bring on the heartbreak right up to you know pour some sugar or let's get rock they're very different yeah. so that was the parameters for, for the euphoria album so you you, you kind of did have a briefing the last album, the self-titled one, we went in to do a single and we just kept writing all these songs. And it was like, they all sounded great in the context of Def Leppard. So the later stuff, the stuff we've been doing is more in line with that. It doesn't really have a briefing. It just has to be cool. And having said that, like you, you may get a song and you go, yeah, this is really cool, but it sounds too much like this or it hasn't got much of enough of a groove to it right. so you, you you inject it going back to the mutt langer 12 songs versus 30 so you 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 kind of do that 
all the above. You you do what you've learned. You, you know I mean, moving right. forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be difficult for Def Leppard because if you do something that sounds like classic Def Leppard, at some point people say, well, they're just parodying them. You know, it's a parody of themselves. And if you try something new, they go, oh, it's, it's too new. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> you, you can't you know, win. You can't really worry about that. I, I just, I saw Anthony Fauci getting really, they're giving him such shit on, on all this stuff at the moment. It's like, man, this, you know, we, we, we're getting, we're safer. We're going to be able to go on tour. Everyone's kind of, doing that and I think the guy's done so well so you can't win but one of the things that he said is like look I got really thick skin I, I, I went through the AIDS ep epidemic people would like in a protest I'd get death threats people would do that and so I actually said look come in and he put some of these uh people on the panel so he, he he got he developed a thick skin so to say so have we so it's fine when people say any of all the above it's, it's all it's all good Talking about going on tour, are you disappointed that the stadium tour has been pushed to next summer? Not in the context of uh, it'd be. I wouldn't want to go out there and play to, you know, a quarter of a, a stadium. And yeah. that's what, if we went out now, that's what that would actually mean. It's like because not, it's not ready yet. It's not fully back. And and some places are not even allowing it hundred percent yet, even with the sports stuff. So. Yeah, you want you want to do it. You want to knock it out of the ballpark. You know, excuse the pun, but it's it's when it comes when it comes up, you want to do it properly. So no, in that respect, I'm I'm yeah. yeah. Well, you guys had some tour dates set for the fall, I think, with ZZ Top and a couple of different things. Like, is that stuff still going to happen, or is Def Leppard just going to take another year off? Well, that was last fall. That was supposed right. to be last fall. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of everything got moved. So yeah, I I think what we'll do we'll we'll do the dates next year. The the summer ones and then uh then just keep adding and you know as the world opens up you know it's like it'd be great to come up to canada go down to south america do australia japan you know and, and just keep going europe and as, as it becomes kind of available so that, that's the that's the thing really and do it do it properly yeah, yeah. well I, i'm waiting for the uh the big uh def leopard bon jovi journey white snake tour that's 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 what i'm voting for <laughs> That's, that's yeah, <laughs> that's my wish. That'd be awesome. Hey, talking about Motley Crue, you said, you know, back in the day, you got up on stage with them and, you know, uh, Vince Neil was doing a couple of shows over the weekend and just getting hammered online. Did you see any of those videos or? Yeah, yeah, and I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, he's got a year. So, you know, what? get back. It's, 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 there's a lot at stake when you go out there. You want, you want to, um, you want to be your best. So, you know, Hopefully we're all working out together and all that stuff. That's the other thing. We do have a camaraderie, especially with Motley Crew. And um, yeah, I, I, we, we, we'll get on with Nikki. You know, we were talking just before the tour. It's like, we're going to work out together. We're going to do all this stuff. You know, it's the whole. One of the things I learned from touring with Kiss, that they really go 100% about the show and, mm -hmm. and everything, every aspect of the show. If, if the if different bands touring together, our crews would be working together on 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 the Kiss tour mm. to get so the show would look right, and I I do feel a, a a thing with that. You know, if the show's even better, then it's even better for all of us. It's like you you you, you know you you want that to happen. So yeah, with Vince, he's, I, I'm thinking you know he's got a year to go. Get you know hope, hopefully everything's cool by then. I you know yeah. Oh, I hope so. Fingers crossed. I hope so too, because I just want to go and have an awesome time, and I, I'll I'll have an awesome time regardless. But it's like I'll, I'll probably go on stage with them as well at some point. So you know, yeah, that'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, the yeah, guy well. from Girls singing "Girls, Girls, Girls." There you go. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, Girl was a great band. Uh, it was fun. Huh? Yeah, I uh, loved it. That come up the other day, actually. Yeah, Phil oh, Lewis. Did. Phil, Phil Lewis has a great voice. I mean, you can't, you can't. You, I mean, you've worked with great vocalists between Joe and Phil and some of the other ones. I mean, you know, you've done yeah. well. Thank you. Thanks. I, I actually been I've been working with Paul Cook. Um, oh yeah. From from the Professionals, he's doing a, a new Professionals album that will be out like fall. So so I'm nice. doing a few tracks on that. That's that's been great. So. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said, you know, Simon Laffey was in Man Ray, so we, it it just full circle. It's like we're all, we're all in contact with each other and stuff, and it's it's, mm. it's constant. It's really cool. Here, I'll, I just want to ask you one uh, one last question, just in terms of the Def Leppard sound. There are still the fans every so often that say, "Oh, you know, they were the new wave of British heavy metal, and they gave up being a metal band, and so on and so." I like the melodic approach. I like the hysteria and everything after tonight. Those all those great songs was there a, a conscious decision to move away from the new wave of British heavy metal and be a more radio friendly band or did it just sort of naturally occur? And do you look back and say, Hey, maybe we should go back to sort of a more crunchy guitar approach on one song or two songs or. Well, we do. And it kind of go, they, they go unnoticed when, whenever we do that, people don't really notice it, but I, I think it wasn't a conscious effort. And don't forget the new wave of British heavy metal was a pub culture. It was a very small thing. And there weren't really many great bands. One of the things that attracted me to Def Leppard was they didn't sound like everyone else. And they, they had a more commercial, they had a vocal, a radio friendly mm -hmm. sound. So that was, that's what they were trying to achieve. They just got lumped in with, with all, with Witchfinder General and God knows what, you know, so. Ethel the Frog or whatever it was called. <laughs> <laughs> the frog oh my god i think that was one of them if i'm not mistaken uh, wow. tigers so, of pantang yeah so they did get lumped in with that but i never never thought they were that anyway so i when, when i joined the band it was like i knew this because i knew joe and steve and everything already even the way that they dressed it was like it was like well we don't want to be like you know judas priest or sabbath or anything we we like the zeppelin thing but we like t-rex as well so you you had this different thing so that that was the approach really it wasn't like just just all all hard rock and that it was it was kind of bringing this other thing into it and uh and, and we still do we 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 kind of we love all of that stuff the bowie stuff it, to me is the just amazing mm -hmm. let me ask you this you guys have gone and performed hysteria live in its entirety quite a few times to celebrate the anniversary and do the vegas thing you know adrenalize is coming up with an anniversary next year 2022 would you guys consider going and doing that record in its entirety live you know stuff like tonight and uh, make love like a man like that would sound so good live you're right that's the first time anyone's actually mentioned that so i think for that that to happen people have to mention it you know it's like when people go why don't you come to Columbia? Why, why don't you talk? We, said, well, we haven't been invited. You know, I have to get invited by a promoter. There has to be huh? some interest and all of that. Yeah. So we get that a lot in, in different countries. Well, you haven't been here for years. And it's like, we want to. It's like, you know, and, and not blaming it on the pandemic at all. It's just you you got to go where you're invited. So even something like that, it's got to be brought up and <clears throat> it's got to become a seed in someone's mind. Like, it's hysteria thing it become a thing. Like when we did it the first time in Vegas, it's like the promoters, they, they're requesting, they would love it if you would do Hysteria and it's starting to be like, oh, okay, we've always wanted to do that. So, so awesome. We, we would 
thinking about you know pyromania as well but um yeah that's adrenalizer would be really cool actually because we'd have to yeah. do, you know learn those songs and and yeah it'd be really cool yeah here i'll ask you one thing since you mentioned hysteria the album had what was it seven singles nine singles i mean it, yeah. and, and the other songs that weren't released as singles were singles they could have been singles at some point does an album have too long of a shelf life and the record company says okay we got to shut it down because we need the new next album. How did that decision come about? It it does. It's kind of that, but it also the shelf life starts running out as well. You know, you you go there's, there's other bands that come along. You know, we I think right. we will go into the last. I think the last single was Rocket, if I'm not mistaken, and then we was going to go with uh, Love and Affection. <clears throat> that was going to be the next one, and uh, there, there was a, a decline in interest at that point. We'd got off tour. With doing these other things, so that there was a natural kind of uh, slowing down. So yeah, I, I, I get, I, I totally understand that. You, you, the window for anything is is a lot smaller than people think, and it's not right. just the band, but it's everything. It's especially in in this day and age, you know, you you with TikTok and and everything is it's you know how many seconds is that, and 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 yeah. that's what you're on. Your fifteen minutes becomes fifteen seconds, mm-hmm. and then uh, all of this stuff. So there's a very narrow window so you have to make it really kind of forceful and if you miss it sometimes you go okay well that was that particular cycle we, we kind of moved do, on from that do do the tiktoks of this world affect your your writing where you go we can't do seven minute songs we got to have a two and a half minute song and, and in and out we've always had that to be quite okay. honest i mean the, the song slang is is two minutes 50 if i'm not mistaken and and i'm absolutely one for for going this is boring. It's stop boring us. Get to the chorus. This is indulgent. Okay. Let's chop this out. And especially now with the, with the the new culture, the new phone culture. You know, where where everything is like I'm bored. You know, entertain me. You know, everything yeah. has kind of shrunk a little bit. So you have to make it more impact. And and you go back to the '60s, and that's how the the songs were back then. I um I've actually started writing. I've started writing these novels as well. These kind of stories. I've got like four or five on the go. I actually finished one just before we finished our last tour. And it it's great. So I'm, I'm not going to mention too much about it because it's going to be coming out. But um, I, I, the approach, I've never done any writing before in my life. And they're really dark, uh, suspense, drama, supernatural, all of this stuff. Um, but the approach was very much like a song. So I, I ended up doing short stories because I, I found that writing and writing and writing it started boring me i'm going oh god it's too many details and if i can get if i can get these cool details into a smaller thing it makes it gives it more punch and i think songwriting's like that and i especially if you're writing stuff that, that appeals to a larger audience you you better make sure it's right you have to edit it you have to self-edit and you have to make it kind of yeah. uh, compress it Unfortunately, here and, and and here's here's how I'll support that. When you go to a Paul McCartney concert, it's yeah. usually a 38 song concert, and you go 38 songs. It must have been four hours. It's like no, it's no. 38 two minute songs that he gets them in and gets them out, and everybody's cheering the entire way, and that's the way I think it should be. I hundred percent agree. I, I again, you know, see Prince, and and Prince would be great at getting indulgent i've seen him play jazz stuff i've been in a little club when he's gone and played stuff i've never heard before 
Mm-hmm. And then other times he'll, he'll go, well, I'm going to do a medley. I'm going to do little red Corvette, but, you know, a minute 30 version, you know, cor- verse chorus, uh, Purple Rain, verse chorus. And you walk away and you're, you're still, you go, oh, that was great. I, I got to hear Purple Rain. Yeah, you I only heard a little bit of it. But I, I think there's something to that. I think that especially as, as an artist, you have so much stuff. It's a way to get around it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the Scorpions do a medley, which is perfect. They they give you all that 70s Scorpion stuff in a like a nine-minute medley, and you go, oh, that's smart. I love that's, that. That's a great way of doing it. That's a great idea. I I, I didn't hear that, but I, and we toured with them, obviously, and we um yeah. we Australia with them. And, and well, you know, when you when you hear a, a Def Leppard fan say, Well, they don't do rock brigade, they don't do wasted, you know what? Do like Scorpions, do a little nine-minute medley with a couple of minutes of each, in you go, out you go. Yeah. Thank you, folks. But, but can I just tell you about that? Because there's, yeah. there's an interesting thing. I, I remember once, this was years ago, we were playing Wembley Arena. Um, and Peter Mencher, our then manager, said, Man, you should play wasted. And, and we, we were on top of the pops. It was all, you know, hysteria uh, and adrenalized and all of this stuff. And we we done it as an encore and it killed it. No one knew it. Right. Except like three people at the front going absolutely burnt. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of the audience was like, like a real buzz kill. Yep. And not we would do it now. It wouldn't bother us because we have a different approach. It's, it's slightly different. And we're better. And I don't know why, but... We can pull that off some, somehow better than we did back then. But that's the reason you don't do that. That's the reason you don't do yeah. your rock gates and that you have a, you know, if you're doing an hour and a half or two hours, you only have so much time. So you, we, give, we give ourselves a song. You know, you have stuff for a new, from a new album. You have, you have to have hits. And there's songs you have to play. But there's other things that you go, yeah, we ain't got time for that. We just got a, a, a very small window for that, so we, we'll throw something. But I do like the the, the Scorpions. Uh, yeah, they night. do. Uh, they yeah. do. Top of the Bill, Speedy's coming, and a bunch of other ones all jammed in. And you're just like, yeah, you know, that's all I need. I need a minute of Speedy's coming. I'm good. I don't need the whole five minutes. I mean, it's it's a very smart approach. You don't need I, the whole I would Uli love John Roth uh, solo. You no, know? well, you do need Uli John Roth. You always need Uli because <laughs> Uli's. Gonna... But I think it's just a smarter way to in a one song kind of block say all right here's a taste you got your taste now stop you know let's let's get back to to the hits yeah. well you know what phil it's like i i asked paul stanley i was like you know paul everybody's always moaning about the set list you've got these diehard fans that claim they go to three or four shows and they're like oh it's the same show every show why don't they switch it up and he always says well listen i'm not going to do a two-hour show for those three, four diehards that are going to come. I'm playing for the other 15,000 casual fans. Hello. There you go. 100%. 100%. (laughs) People had this very localized thing. They think that um, you're just playing for them. No. (laughs) Motherfucker, we got to go and do this somewhere else. We've got to do this in Vancouver. We've got to do this all over the place. Yeah. So, yes, I I totally agree with him. Yeah. There we go. Last question before we wrap up. Do you listen to any modern country music at all? I try. I, I try. Yeah. I, I, I feel that the beauty of country and Western back in the day was the, the telling of the story, you know. So yeah, without the history, le- too much of a history lesson, you know, you had the blues. It kind of fractured into different things. It went to, you know, Delta blues, acoustic blues, gospel. Yeah. It had, had all of that. And then finally said Chicago and became electric. There was another offshoot and that became country and Western. It was coming from the same source, but it was storytelling 
Mm-hmm. And it was it was usually about heartbreak and whatever. It was like all different things in you know, a family, all, all of these things. And there was some amazing stuff in country. And I thought that that disappeared. And I, I thought that the, the, the bro dude country thing, I, I'm not a fan because it, it, it kind of, you miss the main point and yeah. it hasn't got any of the great stuff. It's, it's got something, it's got like a, almost like cheesy 80s rock stuff, you know. Well, the, that's what I was going to say because it's, you know, I heard the best Def Leppard song on Country Radio the other day. Like, there's a song from Lady Antebella, sorry, Lady A, they're a Lady A now. It's right. called Champagne Night, okay? It is Pour Some Sugar On Me just completely recycled it's it's the it's super similar drum samples like the guitars i think it was dan huff that produced it like it, it the thing about countries they've all said okay the rock guys don't like the 80s arena rock so we'll just take it so now well, that's not- different because i actually quite quite like lady a i, think I do too yeah i think they're pretty cool and and there's there's the people that are not really country that i really love listening to but mm-hmm. i love 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 it He's cool. That's oh, not yeah. really country. You know, Alison Krauss is amazing. And, and Union Station, her band, beautiful. That Paper Plane album is phenomenal. Right? But I'm not talking about I'm talking about the newer stuff that, that, yeah. that jams up the airwaves, that, that hasn't got that um, that beauty, that that this or that. It's, it's got, it hasn't got the, the, the great elements of country. And I, 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 that's what I'm, I'm missing. So... It, it's. I, I tried to write a song the other night. I thought this is kind of going a bit country, and I, I put on some country, modern country, and I, I was, I wasn't inspired. I wasn't inspired lyrically, and and that, mm-hmm. and, I, and I wasn't inspired by the by the thing. It was like it was it was it was something else. So I, like I said, I think that there's there's some wonderful stuff, especially back in the day, and but the the, the modern commercialized new country stuff. A, a lot of it, I'm not not a fan of. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had what was it? Uh, Nine Lives was that the one that was uh, sort of countryish? Tim McGraw, yeah, we had Tim oh, McGraw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the stuff that's come since then. I don't know. Yeah, and honestly, every country song today is like, got a truck, got a beer, gonna whisper in your girl's ear. Like it's you know very, it's <laughs> hey, that's yeah. a new song right there. Substance. Yeah, I, it, it's it's not. That's not cool. That's that's just that's a cheap way. That's a, a cheap shot of, of doing it. It's, it's very much like in, in the eighties when you when you lost the spirit of even say the bands like Us, Motley, Bon Jovi. You had very pal version that missed the point of what we were trying to do. Yes, and that's what I'm talking about in country. And I'm not talking about you know the great country. I'm not talking about your you know Alan Jackson's or or even latter day stuff. You know like. Um, Keith it's Urban, awesome. Keith Urban's amazing. I'm not talking yeah. about. I'm talking about the other stuff, the commercialized stuff that hasn't got any of the good parts. It's just the commercial. And you have that in every genre of music. You have it in hip hop. You know, jazz. I'm really disappointed in jazz. You know, after the '70s. You know, after the 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 shit career and Stanley Clark, Alden Miola, all of that stuff. Or the the track that we did, you know, Quadrant Four by Billy Cobham. Yeah, it was amazing, and that was a very kind of. Um, creative period and after that jazz didn't do that it just kind of got comfy got some slippers and got kind of boring and and i i'm still waiting for that next um great jazz pl- same with every genre you know and i think it'll come there will yeah. be someone to come along and go whoa you i i really loved it when i heard lizzo because all of a sudden it was like it was just someone else 
she's got a rock voice. She's real. Yeah. And I've got salt and soul and fire. It's got all of these things. So you put that amongst a, a lot of other stuff and it's like, yeah, you know, it's this is great. This this is really good. What's up, Bob? <laughs> I think he's telling us it's time to go. There we go. He's like, I want breakfast. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, that. He's like, let's go work out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, listen, this is uh this is so much fun, Phil. This is uh we went way longer than what we were expecting to, but here we are. <laughs> oh, no worries. No worries. Always a pleasure. And yeah. uh, oh, great. And, yeah. and uh, we, we have a mission. Let's find those two songs that were recorded in Montreal and whatever it was, 2003, four, whenever mm. that was. The X, the yeah. X, the X. Uh, Unplugged Montreal session. That yeah. Right. That would, I mean, this I know they exist. Out. Yeah. And I, I, I know they're there. I was there. I was in the studio with, it was you, there was, there was you, Joe and Malvin. And I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Cause we, we done, um, <clears throat> We done a little gig as well. We we done um, we done a few just the two of us, and it was like, wow, this is really cool. And, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I think that that stuff is is priceless. So, yeah, and and like I say, Joe Joe is is really great at getting that stuff and and making it, you know, getting it remastered and and yeah. mixed or whatever. He's yeah, he, yeah, he takes that on, and I you know bless him for it because. Uh, I haven't got the energy for that, but he, he does it and he's, he's, he loves it and it's great. And he comes out and you go, wow, this is amazing. Where's this been? He said, well, I found this and I got Ronan to remix it and we mastered it. And it's like, wow, well done. And and that's what he did on this. So, you know, again, yeah. props to Joe. Props he, to he, Joe. Yeah. yeah. And what about, like, so everybody hate me if I didn't ask this. So what's the, what's the word with new Def Leppard music? Can we expect well, a new record sometime soon? You can't, I could, yeah. I mean, you know, you're asking a member of Def Leppard, when's the new album coming? Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know when, but yeah, we've we've we're always recording, we're always writing. Me and Joe have been writing so much in during this pandemic. We've been actually writing more than we've ever done in our career. We've, we've got some amazing stuff on the go. So it's just it's yeah. all whenever stuff gets finished and and stuff like that. You know, as, as you know, we record all the time. Yeah, well, and you know, even yeah. on tour, you know, we've done this. It was really funny. We we've done this. Christmas song a few years ago and I remember we were playing Miami and it was like 90 odd degrees out so it's so <laughs> baking hot and we're doing this Christmas song and I I walked backstage to do this vocal you know just, just we'd sound check and it's like well you have to wait make sure that Tesla aren't sound check or Journey or whoever was on mm-hmm. and it's like, okay w- when they finish then we can get in there and just do slam this vocal down so it's always stuff like that and that's exciting that that, that kind of kind of keeps that kind of now, yeah, and I'll well, finish the thing on is this. That, you know, with with uh, with Brian Adams right now, he's working with Mutt Lang on his new record. So mm-hmm. Mutt's not as retired as everybody thinks. So at some point, is Mutt going to come in and uh, maybe do a new collaboration with you guys? Right, that love would, it. Uh, always, you know, that would be that would be great. And uh, since you left Perfect Girl off of X, and obviously the, the decision making is not what it should be, just send us stuff to me and Jeremy, and we will tell you what goes on the album that that'll right. be the best way to do it okay. i think so yeah <laughs> and we dig that up as well because yeah that, that is cool really thank good. you sir merci yeah. beaucoup as we say in montreal how are you doing up there by the way guys what's the what's the latest you know pandemic and all that stuff you know it's weird because um i'm getting my second dose of the vaccine next week and mm-hmm. uh because of like They've actually already vaccinated over 75% of our province. So they're bumping up the second dose instead of the 16 weeks. Now it's eight weeks. So, yeah. you know, they canceled all the big festivals and stuff for later this summer. But 
the way it's going, like everything's pretty much open over here. It it, it should be. I mean, Genesis is coming here in, in uh, November and Genesis is not doing a quarter of a stadium. They're doing the whole thing. And the Montreal Canadiens at the Bell Center, we, we love the Bell Center, uh, are now accepting fans. So we're, we're getting there. That's great. That's great. And it's, it is. It's just it's a slow process. So the G- Genesis, who's in the band? Well, the three. So uh, Mike, uh, Phil and Tony. And okay. they're they're doing two nights at the Bell Center in, in November. And, you know, they're not playing to a thousand people. They're playing right. to the Bell Center. Yeah. yeah. So, it even says on the ticket side, it says not presented with socially distance or, or yes. anything. So, so it's we're, we're getting there. I, I think so. And I think, you know, if because some places aren't yet. I mean, obviously, the India thing. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, you know, I've got friends in New Zealand and that's been great all, all along. You know, that right. everyone took, took notice of it and locked it down. And, and they've, yeah. they've been normal for, for a year. It's right. Been, so, yeah. So, yeah. And, and La- Las Vegas last night at the hockey game had a sold out barn of uh, 15 or 16,000. So, well, they had 60,000, uh, uh, Canelo boxing thing the other day in the <laughs> week in Texas. So, you know, I wouldn't read too much into that. I, I, I think that there's a, a right way of doing it. And I think that the fact that most people get kind of, you know, vaccinated and you can, then you can do stuff like that. And it just, just makes it just, just great. Well, I think the Canadian approach is good. I mean, we've got ourselves vaccinated, but we're still slowly building up to, whereas in the States, they seem to have gone, hey, we're good. 60,000 yep. people. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, yeah. I, I, I like the Canadian approach, though. It's, it's, a, it's a little so, more tepid or, or timid, I guess. It's a timid approach. It, but it, it, but it's, it's, it's kind of cautious. It's kind of, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of it's not, smart. Let's call it. Let's call it what it is. is. It's smart. It, it is smart. And, and you know, it's like we we had an abundance of of vaccine here. And it, it, you know, I got mine in April. That's right. my first shot in April. And then you know, it's just it, it become available. It was like, well, we got to get rid of it. If if, you, yep. if someone doesn't use this, it's like, well, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm in. Down to the local CVS, get your vaccine. You're you're good. Absolutely, it's it's good to go. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I get I get info from my friend tanya who's, who's in montreal and she tells me what uh, it's going so it, it sounds collectively like it's slowly moving it always it sounds great i just like the way that canadians do things it's very cool yeah moving in the right direction oh yeah, yeah. there you go all right phil well this is great enjoy the rest of your afternoon i'll uh, i'll shoot you a text when this is up uh, you can check it out <laughs> please do yeah yeah absolutely so and, and be safe yeah i'm i'm yeah, I'm I'm excited about getting back out on tour. Like I said, it's it's going to be a year, but I, I think all these other things keep flooding in in, in the meantime. You know, um, the, the thing the other week with uh, there's the thing the beastly ball. Did you hear about this? Yes. So it's beastly me ball. and Slash Robert. Delay. Oh yeah, yeah, that yes. That, that comes out today. We, we done a we went to a studio and, and it, which was really weird. We all masked. That was the first time I'd played in with with living breathing people. So. That was that was great, and, and it was brilliant to play with Slash. He's amazing. I'd, I'd never played together with him, so and we, we played great together. It was really, really cool. Can I just ask you this? Uh, when you're off the road and you're sort of forced off, do you sort of reevaluate life, and you're, you know, when you're thrown off the train and go, hey, this slower pace is kind of cool, or do you like, no, yeah. I, I need this. I need to. No, I, I always, I dig that slower pace. I mean, I, I, okay. I really like doing that actually and it's like and i think it's great having both you know i'm from london 
that's crazy always has been you know um weather sucks and then i come to california <laughs> for a different vibe so i i do like the collective of all all, all all the above really do you think it extends the band's life uh, you know where where Phil had and Joe's rested his voice and you guys are rested on the shoulders and the whatever that might hurt is all been sort of the bobos have been taken care of. And you go, you know what? Maybe we could do this another 10 years. I definitely think we can. Yeah. I know physically, I, again, you know, I, I, I performed with Shaka Khan last week on it's for Black Girls Rock TV. Black Girls Rock is a, is a you know, it, it helps. It's, it's a whole thing done by De- Beverly Bond. It's uh, women mm-hmm. of giving them a voice and everything. So it was a it was a thing that we did at the Nokia Theatre that's now called the Microsoft Theatre. But again, it was the first time I'd walked on a stage. Still no people, and everyone backstage is with the mask, temperature check, mask, and got to be vaxxed to get there. Mm-hmm. It was so amazing. She was phenomenal, and the band was outrageous. It was it was great. But uh, again, it was like you know I've just seen the footage of it of, of of me playing with the band. It's like yeah, I could definitely do this for another ten years. And and she's good you know later 60s and killing it still it, it's like well why not and and it's and it was it was just a joy it was a joy to do that and again you know you look at the stones and they get out there and, and do it all the time so I, I absolutely if you still got something to offer and you're still that excited about it which yeah. we are you 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 absolutely do that by yeah. the way that will come out uh, i think at the end of this month the, the black girls rock tv thing so nice that's really cool yeah, yeah. well that's great Awesome. Well, there you go. First uh, edition of the birthday show. Done. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Well, happy birthday. You know. Thank you. Thank you very much. My favorite living guitarist, Mitch. He's right oh, there. Thank you. Thank you. Right. That is true. I agree. <laughs> I won't disagree. We, we, when we were doing this thing the other week, the, the, the engineer in the studio said, he said, I'm kind of freaking out. He said, my two favorite guitar players in the world are in there playing together. And so, so that was really cool. So, yeah, exciting stuff. Does that get old having people fangirl over you? No, it's so wonderful. And especially when, when it was real because he was he was very genuine and, and and you could tell and it was like, wow. And yeah. and we did it was we we played great together. It was just just yeah. awesome. Well, you know what's so weird, Mitch? The first time Phil and I ever met, we were playing on stage together at the That's Rock right. and Roll Fantasy Camp in Vegas. So it was it was really weird. So now it's just cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, uh over the last 40 years or 35 years, the two bands that have consistently given me joy, regardless of what critics say, is Def Leppard and Bon Jovi. You you can put on a song at any time, 2004, 2010, to even last week, and you just it just it just makes you smile. It just does. Good. Well, good. It's and both- for me, it's everything. I like Bad Actress is one of the greatest songs you've done. And sure, it doesn't get the the accolades of poor some shit, but it's a great song. It's, you know? it, yeah, you 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 record these songs you and you hope they'll that they stick. Some do and some don't. You just never know what ones are going to have a long And that, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Long, long way to go, the stripped version, which was on a bonus side. It's just, it's just, it's beautiful, you know? So keep it going. If you love that stuff, you're going to freak out to what's coming. That's all I'm going to say. I'm ready for it. You know, I love all the B-sides. I love all the demos and, and between, uh, you and Joe and John Bon Jovi, you just keep going. Who cares what every, any Absolutely. critic says? Nothing else to do. I, I love it. So, yeah. For sure. Bring it on. Bring it on. That's it. Hey, what's, just real quick, what's going on with the with the PC1s? Is there any new guitars in the works? or? Um, yeah, I've, I've, I'm having one made that was supposed to be for, for this year. I've got a, 
uh, PC Supreme. But my latest one, hang on a sec. Mm. Um, New guitar day. Look at this. Oh, no. <clears throat> uh, I, I've got another one that's oh, yeah. for this, but this one's got a really monster neck. It's. Uh, oh, my God. It's crazy. It's like, you know, yeah, it's like a. It's how, do you, how do you play that though? I mean, like I remember when we first met at the Vegas thing. I I got to feel your uh, the uh, the night the one with your birthday on it, and yes. like um, the yeah. London one. And the neck on that is pretty monstrous. Yeah, th this is more so, but um, yeah, because you had that one and you had the other one. The it almost like it has like the SG ish kind of body. Yes, the, the, yeah. the music man. Yeah, yeah, that's the supreme. Yeah, there's a new one of them being made uh, for when we go out. But I've got a bunch of them. I like the tone. It gives a, a fatter tone. They stay in tune. I, I use really heavy strings. So it's and, and play aggressively. If huh. I had a, if I had the, like the thin necks, I'd be hitting it out of tune all the time. So I, I it's it's for lots of reasons. Really. Still the metal picks. Yeah, yeah. The um, I've actually right. got one of your metal picks in my room right here. Yeah. Now a steel one. I'd say I, I went to brass. Oh, so, did you? Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't have the brass one. I have the steel ones from. Oh, uh, one but they're um it yeah, was the brian adams tour so uh, you and brian yeah. so 2004 yeah 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 that, that's where i got it yeah oh yeah the the the, the, the brass one's a killer they're, they're really where do you guys where do you get those because like I, I i'm really curious to try out you know what it feels like or sound like to use a metal pick like where can i can you buy them from dunlop or like you can now but it is a really interesting story my, my buddy rudy who i grew up playing guitar with in london mm. we, we've always had this quest for tone and sounds and floyd rose dimarzios and all this stuff so we're constantly doing this. he said here check this out and i played this thing this brass one i go oh my god this is the best pick so he gave it to me and i i used it for a whole british tour so if i dropped it i'd have to i'd, I'd be looking on the floor and I was like, oh yeah I've got <laughs> blends I've got in with the deck right so the last gig is london it's wembley brian may's there from queen i said brian i've got this thing i've got this this brass pick that my buddy rudy gave to me and uh i you know i play this because it's kind of a tribute to you i mean in the first place you use a sixpence so here, here you go and he said oh no 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 it, I can't, if your friend gave it to you, if Rudy gave it to you, I can't take it. I said, no, it's fine. I'm sure he'd be fine if Brian May's got the pick. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Brian took it. And and I since then, Dunlop makes makes me brass on with, with Def Leppard or mm. uh, embossed over it. I'm trying to look for another one here somewhere. But uh, there we go. Yeah, it's got my name on there. Uh, nice. It, it says, where are we? It's got Def Leppard. Oh. Would you guys ever consider selling those? Like, it's like the Phil Collins Def Leppard pick pack or something? Or that's a great idea. Why not? Hey, that's yeah. a great idea. You'll yes, get you the first pack free, obviously. I get the first one. <laughs> did you use the Did you use the steel the metal picks on Hysteria or like Adrenalize? Or yeah, I did. And and again, you know, it there's a there's a presence that e even when you're playing that there's a, there's a thing and there's obviously an attack. Yeah. So it's all about the attack. Yeah, it is. But also, there's a there's a, a slight presence on, on the chords, especially if you're playing rock stuff. It's it's got a you know yeah. attack to it that, that that's kind of and super. Vivian has to use them too so that the attack sort of stays similar. He no, not he, no. He, he, he used what he wants, but it's uh, he he he's, he went he was using them for a while. I don't, I'm not sure what he's using right now. And actually, you know, mm. we 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 drift in and out. We sound completely different even when we play each other's guitars and rigs right. and everything but we both play through a fractal 
and, and mm. that comes out of different speakers. So it, it's got, it's easy con to control, yeah. you know. But that's the thing. You, you could be playing through the same guitar patch, but it's all it's all in the fingers. It always. is. It's, it always sounds like, you know, again, without name dropping, I, I'd done this thing in Japan, classic rock, a few years ago, and Jeff Beck was playing. I got to, got to play with him. It was just incredible. But he, the amp blew up. So they, they got another amp in and he plugged in and it was like, wow, it sounds just like Jeff Beck. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and, and that's the thing. And, and again, you know, with the Shaka Khan thing the other day, you know, she started singing and I got goosebumps. I was like, oh, Jesus, it's like Shaka Khan. And it's like, oh my God, it is Shaka. Oh my God, I'm playing guitar. It was it. So it was definitely that. And, and, yeah. and again, you know, with the Jeff Beck thing, it was, it's that, that thing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> what 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 gauge strings are you using these days? Thirteen to fifty four. Thirteen to fifty four. Do you remember what you were using on Hysteria or Adrenalize? Yeah, um, it was started on tens on the on the Hysteria that that and kind of went to elevens later on, and then it it just went to twelves and then thirteens. So I just kept going up. Wow. Usually with a tour, I, I, by the end of a tour, I go, wow, this feels like rubber, and you know, I could go a bit harder. But 14 is, is the cutoff. I've got a telecaster that's got 14 to 56. And it's really cool, but uh, it, it changes the sound. I actually think it sounds a bit thick and not muddy because it's still kind of bright and everything. But it something about it is a little thicker that I'm, I'm, that I'm not really yeah. digging. So. And when you're using the thicker strings, you know, on Hysteria through a Rockman, I feel like it would give the Rockman a little bit more beef. Yeah, I mean, when Mike Shipley was... When he had EQ'd it and everything, it didn't really sound like a Rockman anyway. No. And it sounded like something else. It was, it was the, the fact that it had a pure cleanliness to it that that didn't you didn't have these weird. I mean, nowadays you know with these amps the way they are, you you, you can get away with murder. But back then, there was a lot of really weird frequencies. So if you're playing multi guitar parts, they'd just get lost and and it'd be tragic. Especially like I was saying, you've got this bottom end, this this low end stuff as well. So so with with the guitar stuff, you know, you it, it really made sense playing something that's kind of smooth. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Well, Mitch, I'm gonna have to go borrow that metal pick. I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna show it to you. It's over here. You got the stainless <laughs> stainless steel one, right? I got the stainless steel one, yeah. Backstage at the uh where was it the verona casino the verona casino in whatever new york something like that right brian adams and uh and def leppard what a what a show that was it's cool. like it was like 40 hits in a row yeah, <laughs> it's right. like uh, yeah. it's like hmm summer 69 pour some sugar mouth how about both okay <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah. yeah does the stainless steel and the bronze pick have a difference in tone they do they they, they do but you know they still sound like they both got they sound like a metal pick and it's really yeah. it's tight it's more for the player really so to, I, I feel a difference mm. and the the brass ones are better on the strings because of the the stainless steel will, will trash your strings up but these kind of give if i'm playing a lot there'll be a little desert of of brass dust underneath them you know th mm. this gives, and, and i have to i use a um a brillo pad because they seriously, I, I, have to, I have to do this because I they get kind of notches in them after all. Right, I, I do that. Obviously, with a stainless steel one, you don't have to do that. Do I have to give the stainless steel one back at any point? Do, do no, I, do I get okay. good. <laughs> good. I get to keep it. Good. Yeah, there you go. I, talking of, of Montreal, Victor from Montreal uh, lent me one of his PC ones. Oh, did he? 
I've got it here. And, and he had a stainless steel pick in it. Funny it? enough. I was Have I shown you the, the stainless steel pick, uh, Jeremy? I think so, yeah. There oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Victor, if you're watching, and, and there's his, his stainless steel pick. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. The one, that's the one. That's the kind I have. Hmm. Yeah. yeah I'm, I was, I'm trying to find a PC one right now, and I can't find one anywhere. It's like they're they're, yeah, they're kind of hard to find these days. Yeah, there's a Victor in Montreal who has them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. I, I think we'll, uh, especially after the next few things, like, you know, I, I, with, with Shaka, I was playing one. With, with Slash, I was playing uh, a different one. And uh, yeah, I, th I think that the, we'll probably release some new ones when we get yeah. closer to the to the tour. Like the next Nan, I would imagine. Nice. Well, yeah. I'm going to start saving up because I that's that's it's weird. I have all the Eddie Van Halen guitars stuff, but like for some reason, I don't own a PC one. And I've, I've been looking for years to get one. And so I'm going to have to wait for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your game. Yeah. There we go. So I saw a red one on Reverb and I was like, that is really nice. But the guy wanted like seven G's for it. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Phil will yeah, sell you well, one for six G's. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. At least it was owned by Phil. Come on. All right. You get the well, Phil discount. Thing, you know, after Ed died, it was like all the Eddie Van Halen stuff just went through the freaking roof. Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. you, even like the Stripe Series guitars that are like, you know, originally six ninety nine. like people are selling them for like two Gs, like on, on eBay, like just trying to cash in. I'm like, ah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The resale market is like, it's, it's saturated and the prices are through the roof. But the thing is that there's a market for it. So people are paying. So the, the prices aren't going down. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, with, with the whole pandemic, because the, the guitar industry was kind of doing this. But, you know, you had the pandemic and everyone goes, I want to learn how to play guitar. You, know, you see TV, everyone's got doing Zoom calls. They've all got guitars in the background. Yeah, It's, it's such a thing. So it's, it's yeah. a really great time to be a guitar player. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, the, God, the amount of crap that I've bought through this pandemic, like guitar shit, and it's like, oh, man. Yeah, Madness. I hear you. That's I've just been buying CDs and a lot of crazy CDs. So Yeah? Yeah. It's all about the CDs. It's all, <laughs> I Listen, I, every available Def Leppard, Bon Jovi song that's been somewhere on a CD, I own. Period. End of story. The great thing is, but... It's cost me a fortune. The CD player is that is that is going to be the hard thing. That's that's harder to get now. Obviously, you know. Yeah, external hard drive on a computer is good enough. Right. Well, they, that's what I'm saying. But you know, yeah, I agree. But um, I've got a little one here just in case. I just plug it into. Everything is in this table Area. right in front of me. Yes, it's pretty cool. CD still cool. sounds the best. I don't care what people say about vinyl. CD still sounds the best to me. I do like vinyl. I actually, you know, I, I kind of get into that and, and, and some of the remastered, you know, Abbey Road mastered. I've got this police album. It's like, just sounds amazing. So, yeah, it, it's cool. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Box set, right, June so, 11th. Yeah, box set, June 11th. Make sure you get it and uh, catch them on tour at some point. I didn't know that, June 11th. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll remember <laughs> that date. <laughs> my birthday is June 12th, so it comes to the day before. So I'm like, I'm celebrating my birthday. Just going to blast through the whole box set. Perfect. And it's a great box set. The uh, the B-sides, the uh, Long Way to Go, the uh, 10 Times Bigger Than Love, Give Me a Job, uh, the uh, Now Acoustic, uh, Perfect. That's all the hard stuff to find. And yeah. it's all the great stuff. That I low song, I, Rebel, I, Rebel. Yes. Cool. Thank you. Thanks <laughs> again. Look Thank at you. Mitch just, just fangirling. Hey, listen. 
when you like something, you like something. Yeah. Yep. It's cool. All right. Merci well, busy. enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks a lot for this. And uh, we'll keep in touch. Sounds good. Absolutely. Stay safe out there. Merci. Yeah. Back on back. Best, best to uh, Jax and the wife. And uh, yeah, we'll see you around. All righty. Cheers. Take care. Yeah. See you later. Thanks. Bye. Cheers.